Hello, and welcome to the Life Center Podcast. We're a church in Tacoma, Washington that exists to inspire our community to love and follow Jesus. To find out more about what's going on at all of our campuses, you can download the Life Center app, interact with us on social media, or visit lifecenter.com. Let's jump into this week's message. Thanks for listening. I really did not set out to be a missionary. When Mark and I were married, we had offers to pastor local churches. That would have been very, very nice. Then they asked us to go to Calcutta for one year. I thought with that we have a one-year-old baby and this is crazy, but it's only one year. I can do one year. Everything changed when a man walked into our service. He shouted at Mark, Preacher, feed our stomachs. Then tell us that there is a God in heaven that loves us. He was right. Words are easy. Doing is much harder. We discovered that there was more than a lifetime's worth of need. You know, people would come to Calcutta and say, wow, you know, and you've done this and you've done that. They say, what is your greatest accomplishment? And I always say, investment in lives. Buildings crumble, buildings get old. Buildings have to be replaced. But investment in lives lives for eternity. Well, good morning. Thank you for being with us today. Listen, you are in for a special treat because we have some friends with us who are no strangers by any stretch of the imagination. We have Hulda Buntain and her daughter Bonnie with us. And Life Center, can we thank them for joining with us this weekend? Today, we're going to hear about some of the work that God has been doing and is doing in Calcutta through the work there. And, you know, all weekend long, I've been amazed because... A little over a year ago, we set out and we really felt like Jesus put in our heart this theme for our year, which was beyond. And it finds its root in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. And it says this, the team's going to put it up on the screen. It says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we might ask or think according to his power that works within us. We serve a God who is able to do far beyond and really, that's, that's a little bit of your story, isn't it? Because uh, you've spent, what, just a couple of years in, in Calcutta, <laughs> correct? What, what year did you and Mark head to Calcutta? 1954. 1954. Yes. <laughs> and talk to us about that journey, because uh, I'm guessing you didn't have a nice, plush airline to fly. No. No? No. What was that journey like? Well, um, Mark had just come back from the Orient. Uh, he, he was the, uh, an evangelist, uh, mostly in Washington, Oregon, and California. And uh, he had been asked to go to the Orient to evangelize, help the missionaries in six countries. After he came home, 15 months later, we had a request from our missions department to go to India for one year. 
Well, I thought that is impossible. Bonnie was only one year. She just had her first birthday. And I thought, get in those days, there weren't planes, there were boats. And we were told that we will be taking three ships to Calcutta. So not just one no, boat, three. but we didn't know it was going to be two months. <laughs> but we landed in New York, and the day, and the day before we boarded the ship, uh, Mark preached in Glad Tidings in downtown New York. A pastor's wife closed in prayer, called me forward, put her hands on both her shoulders and said, God, make this couple a blessing in India for years to come. <laughs> she really drug out those years. And uh, going home, I said to Mark, what does she mean years to come? <laughs> But you know, when our ship arrived in Calcutta after two months, we got off that ship, I couldn't see nothing. We were met by missionaries, Dan Morocco. In fact, we were asked to go and help them establish a church in Calcutta. And I saw the poverty and the congestion. I said to Mark, what can a young couple in their 20s do in this city? And I'll never forget, he said, we can't, but God can. Right. Started in a tent, <clears throat> bare piece of ground. Moved to an upstairs auditorium, laughed at us. There's a nightclub underneath. They said, hell downstairs and heaven upstairs. <laughs> but then it was time to build a church. No church had been built in Calcutta in 100 years. And the Muslim owner wasn't going to sell us the land where he'd held the tent services. But prayer changes things, another miracle. One day he said to Mark, I don't know why I'm doing this preacher, I'm gonna sell you the land. 1959, Christmas Sunday, the first church was built in Calcutta in 100 years. Amazing. Somebody yeah. of God church. But you know, this year, Sunday, Christmas Sunday makes 60 years. And we're going to have a big celebration in Calcutta. Because from nothing, I want you to know from nothing, from a tent service with 50 people, today Calcutta is much beyond. Ours are different. Services are all over. Every language, every state in, in India has a different language. We took a survey of all the states. And our complex, our main church complex today, in eight different languages at the same time, five to 6,000 people are worshiping and praising God. Amazing. Amazing. So I tell you this morning, faith in God can work miracles, for nothing is impossible with him. That's right. That's right. I love your statement in, in the video we just watched that you said to yourself, one year, I can do one year. Yes. <laughs> it, why, why do you think it is that Jesus doesn't tell us every detail? Right well, I, <laughs> I think Jesus does not tell us any detail because we might say no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really think if Mark and I had been asked to go as missionaries to India, we would have done that. Mm. But we were evangelists here and uh, some of these churches, youth camps and such. And to go from here to the poverty-stricken 
in Calcutta. Calcutta was not today like it was then, so primitive. Mm. But, you know, the missionaries left. We were so shocked when one day they said we were leaving. And Mark said, why are you leaving? <laughs> we came here to help you. And uh, they said, no, it's all yours now. And Mark said, I don't want it. <laughs> I didn't come here for this. Phone the missions department. What do we do? Stay until we can find someone to take your place. And 65 years later, they're still <laughs> trying. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. So, Bonnie, you grew up in Calcutta. Will you share with us what has changed from your childhood to what Calcutta is today? Well, when we first went to Calcutta, and I, my early years of remembering is, is that we would have monkeys come in the windows, and for some reason they liked the toothpaste, and, they, they, and there would be toothpaste all over the place. We had mice, and we had these large rats that used to come in, and we would have water, you know, the, the water was brought up to our apartment in goatskins. Biblical days, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, they, they were bistiwalas. And they would come up in the morning and they would have these goatskins and they would fill a large tub in our bathroom. So we had no running water. And electricity was very little. We had no air conditioning. It was really, really hot. It was actually Catherine Coleman who bought us our first air conditioner wow. when she came out. Yeah, so years ago. So it's extremely, and it's come a long way. I mean, we used to take out suitcases and suitcases and trunks of everything because they didn't have it. Now you can buy everything there. It's not that way. But the issue is the poor. There's a huge wedge between those that can afford it. And 80% of Calcutta is still slums. And these are people who have nothing. And the, the total population of Calcutta is, is what? It, it's around 22 million people now. And 22, uh, 22 million in an area nine miles long and four miles wide. That's actual city of Calcutta, which, and you which know, is the same, same dimensions of the Dallas airport. <clears throat> They're nine miles by four miles, which is, gives you a perspective of that many people that are crunched into this area wow. to live, yeah. yeah. And because of the, the poverty and the slums, the, the work in Calcutta is, is so incredible because it's feeding the hungry, right. it's bringing education right. to children, but yeah. not only that, the hospital specifically, and we're gonna, we're gonna talk about the hospital yeah. today, but the hospital provides care for so Free many. Care. Free care, free care for millions. We have touched millions and millions of lives. And these are people who wouldn't get anything. They just have no ability. And like I was sharing earlier is, is that majority of those that we reach are women and children. Women who don't really have any status in life. With the Asian culture, it's still the men are predominant and the women who don't. And mothers are mothers everywhere. I mean, when your children are sick, you want help. And the cost factor has gone so high in dealing with some of these children. And what we have been able to do, which my mother shares, is, is that those children that are born with deformities, those children who are isolated and cannot be part of the culture because of the Asian beliefs, they're the ones who seek out the God that cares. 
And it's a generic God to them. And when they come in and they feel this love that is just totally around the hospital, again, they say, who is this God? I was uh, sharing last weekend that we had a, an example that jarred me to my soul because we had a gentleman come in and say, could I buy the Jesus pill? I understand it heals. Never, ever heard the name of Jesus. Wow. So the mission is great, and the hospital is great, and this is what we do where thousands and thousands come in. Free care is free care. We have free care in the United States too, but these people have no choice, and it's not something that they did. They were born into this, and they were born into the faith that they're in, and they believe that they have nothing. And then we introduce Christ, yeah. and that makes the biggest difference in yeah. the world. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. You said in that video, I wrote it down, words are easy, doing is much harder. And talking about the hospital and the people that you serve in Calcutta, it reminds me, I keep thinking of this, of Jesus' words. He said this is the most important thing. In Matthew 25, verse 35, Jesus is speaking and says, for I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. And then Jesus goes on to say everything that we do to the most vulnerable, to these people who can't help themselves, we do it unto him. And that's exactly what the ministry that you have been partnering with Jesus has been doing for 65 years. It's amazing. So when we feel that, we feel like, yeah, it's easy to say, um, I want to serve those that are vulnerable, but doing is much harder. So how can you encourage us when we feel that prompting that we're supposed to do something, but it's hard to take that step of faith? Yes, you know, the poor, the caste system, uh, when the child is born uh, in a low caste, it is very hard for them. And that was what, when we opened our first school, we decided that we would, these poor children don't have education. And over the years, we have educated thousands, low caste children who are now holding good positions in Calcutta. Our pastors, our doctors, uh, and our teachers in our school. But as Bonnie said, the Hindu religion, if a child is born deformed, that family is cursed in the villages. I remember walking in the hospital, down the hospital corridor, going to a ward where there were children waiting for cleft palate surgeries. One out of every 700 children are born in India with a cleft palate, mm -hmm. and teeth growing out of their cheeks. And I put my arm around the mother because she was crying, <clears throat> and all she did was this. But I said, Mother, tomorrow it'll be a different story came out of the operating theater looking beautiful, kept her for dental work, came from one of those villages where we couldn't have a church. But you know, that mother going back into that village where we have a medical clinic, giving her story of what God has done for her because she was ministered by our chaplain. Mm. And that is the story of what it's all about but you know, in Proverbs 3.27, in answer to your question, it says, withhold not good from them who deserve it. 
when it isn't the power of your hand to do it. You know, sometimes you think it's in them. Only the missionaries. Let's pray for the missionaries. It's not that way. It's partnership, dear ones. Partnership. You can be as much a part of the ministry in Calcutta as we are because you're partners with us. Every building that we have now, every church, we have over a 1,000 churches in five states. Everything is because of sacrificial giving. And that's why we appreciate this church from the beginning, how you helped us to build that hospital. That hospital would not have been there today if it hadn't been for your giving. So you are a part And you can believe God for your own difficulties, your own problems, as well as we can ask God to bless us in Calcutta because God blesses a missionary giving church. And as I've said to the other two congregations, money is the currency of men, but faith is the currency of God. Yeah, isn't that good? Isn't that good? I love that. So... Those, those steps of faith, I mean, we, we here have an opportunity to, to take a step of faith today, and we're going to prepare in, in a few moments to receive a special second offering for this work. But time and time again, your journey in ministry in Calcutta has been a step of faith and God answering, a step of faith and God answering. And I think that's so important because there's some here today who are either in the room or they're watching online and they look at their circumstance and they say, well, Tyler, that's, that's them. I mean, I, I see how God maybe would work in their lives, but me, I'm in the midst of an impossible situation. Mm-hmm. What, what, do, what do you want to share with people who are in the midst of impossible situations? Well, I we, know- know, we, we serve the same God. The God that we have in Calcutta is the God that they have here. That's right. And he can work the same miracles. You know, when we started to build that hospital, we didn't have enough money for a six-storied hospital. But Mark believed that when he had enough money, he must start a project, Mm -hmm. and then God would provide. But if he didn't start, God wouldn't provide. I used to tell him, oh, he's got the faith, I have the ulcers. (laughs) (laughs) Because I did the accounts, and when you didn't have money in the account, to my way of thinking, you, you don't start anything. So he dug, had the foundation dug for the hospital, had enough money for the foundation and the first floor, but we ran into water, Calcutta being below sea level. So he gathered all the staff that were with us at that time. We held hands around that water. I thought, what is he going to do? Took a little Bible out of his pocket that he always kept in the back pocket, asked for a rope, tied the rope around the bottle, the Bible, let it down into the water, and commanded, told us all to pray, he led in prayer, I command this water to recede in the ground, because this hospital is what God wants us to build. Not only physically help bodies, but to win people for Jesus Christ because we have uh, four chaplains in our hospital. And do you know, the water began to recede 
Took a little time, but it came down, down, down. Today, our hospital basement is the most, the driest basement in any of the areas. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So much so, we have our nursing classrooms down there. I remember one day when we had a torrential rain, monsoons, it was flooded everywhere. I ran down to the basement in our hospital. I ran into the classrooms, and they looked at me. I said, is there any water here? Water, they said. <laughs> it was dry. Wow, yeah. amazing. You know, what? one of the things, though, the step before that, you know, Dad would have these ideas, but he never knew if it was God's idea or his idea because it was Mother Teresa who actually talked my dad into building this. And so there was a miracle before that. And just to encourage you, which Tyler was asking about, is that Dad wanted to know if this was from God. And so there was one of these big rainstorms, and Dad was driving his car along the road, and there was a very nice gentleman standing on the corner trying to stay dry under an umbrella. And to the dad, he pulled over and he said, sir, can I take you home? And so the gentleman got in the car and dad took him home. And the gentleman said, thank you very much. He gave him his card. He said, if you ever need me. So dad just put the card in his pocket, went home, threw everything on the dressing table. Next morning, he you know, left the card there. And he had to get a license to build this hospital, and he was having a terrible time getting an interview to build this license, to build this hospital. So he went in to the security building, and one more time he had put in his name, and he was waiting and waiting for an interview. And finally they called his name, and he went in. And who do you think was the man behind the desk? <laughs> the man he picked up in the yeah, rain. Yeah. See, God puts things together in such strange ways that sometimes it's so mind-blowing. You think, was that coincidence or was that God? But it's always God because it was him who signed the papers and rushed things through so that we could get the hospital. So it, there's one miracle after yeah, the other that God abundantly right. beyond Correct. all that we can even ask or imagine. Right. One, yeah. one more story that these friends have to hear. There was a financial need for the feeding program. Mm -hmm. And you and Mark prayed. And the very next day, the check came. Yes. Mm -hmm. But this was how many years ago? It happened many years ago, the miracle. But the, the trick here that you have to see and remember, this happened 40 years ago, this miracle that she was talking to me about, randomly over a bowl of Cheerios. I mean, she just spills these things out. And I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, let me hear this again, you know? I mean, this is really miraculous because I reminded her, wait, if you got a check 40 years ago, a $25,000 check, which you specifically prayed for the amount, someone in America had to know six weeks earlier because you couldn't press a button and change things 40 years ago. You right. had to mail a check. Yeah. So see, God knew that the need was going to come up. I was telling Pastor Tyler, he was coming up there, but he had told a lady six weeks earlier Catch to get that. her women together because there was <clears throat> going to be a need in Calcutta for $25,000. Catch that, friends, yes. right there. Because here's what often happens. We, we face a need and we think, okay, God, I, I don't know how this is going to work out, but maybe he already set the miracle in motion mm -hmm. weeks before, yeah. months before. Yeah. And 
when the check arrived, little did you know, God had already seen the need six months prior, or six weeks prior, put it in the heart of an individual yes, yes. halfway around the world. The check was on the way even before you guys knew to pray. Oh, Isn't right. that just like Jesus? That's right. Even when building the church, your Mark died. At the new church, the plans were on his desk. I said, all women don't build churches, men do. But our building engineer said I had a problem. I said, I got a thousand problems. He said, tomorrow, the building inspector will come and your plans have to go back to the Corporation of Calcutta to be permitted. Well, build, churches, church buildings were very difficult to get. And I thought, what's going to happen? Well, he came and we argued back and forth. I told him, I've been in India longer than you. <laughs> you can do anything. No, 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 we can't. But, you know, I prayed a very short prayer. I said, God, help me. And across my mind, said, tell him co-chairman. Now, I wasn't the co-chairman. He said, oh, that's a different story. I'll go back and ask my boss. In the meantime, I had them make a stamp, because India is great for their stamps, unless you have that stamp. The next day, he came back. Yes, just sign here, stamp, and we started to build the church. And that's another miracle. Amen, amen, <laughs> amen. You and know, you Mom, you should share very quickly, because miracle, I tell you, miracles are here today. Mom wanted to build a church and a school when Bhutan opened for the gospel, and she only had so much money, and she met with this young gentleman to sell him the building, and she didn't have the amount of money. But you see, God made that owner, that son's mother, have a dream that there was a white lady that needed. And the dots all connected. And the son said, oh, my mother had a dream and gave her the money. So God, God does these miraculous things because who would have known in anywhere to pray that a mother would have a dream that a man would sell a building so she could have a church yeah. but she prayed yeah. and that's that's the thing and so like she said I think last night we could go on and on about the miracles but they're here today and the exact same thing someone praying for something you never know who God's going to touch to be able to make that miracle happen That's and right. it happens over and over and over again in Calcutta and the hospital it happens every day yeah. every day there's somebody who is touched because somebody prays yeah in a moment hold on I'm going to have you pray mm -hmm. for some friends because uh, mm -hmm. maybe there's some people here who are in the midst of what they see as an impossible situation mm -hmm. and yet today our hope is that their faith is stirred because faith mm -hmm. is the currency of the kingdom. But as well, I want you to pray for those who maybe they've never taken the step to put their trust in Jesus. Maybe that's going to be that step today. And I, I want us to recognize something important. You have a birthday coming up just around the corner, correct? Yes. Yes. And this year you will turn? Uh, 95. 95, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I want to I say on behalf of Life Center, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the work that you continue to do. I mean, 95 years old, still going back and forth to Calcutta, still leading the charge, still believing God for great things. 
thank you for the legacy of faith and faithfulness. But I want your people to know before I pray that I was not Mark. <laughs> and when I stood, be he died suddenly overnight. When I stood beside that grave in Calcutta, I told God in no uncertain terms that I was not Mark. And he would have to give me that faith because I knew the church would have to be built, pick up all the projects. 20,000 people attended his funeral. Streets were closed in Calcutta. And I thought, oh God, not me, not me. But you know, God told me, take it one day at a time. Beautiful. Every morning, I would go to the office one day at a time. And that's what I urge you to do. You know, you just don't have that complete faith overnight. But as you believe God, you see little things that happen in your life. Who you meet, coming to this service, being encouraged that your finances, your family, any problem that you may have, because I tell you, I'm only natural. I told you, I don't, didn't have the faith that Mark had. And I said, God, how can we continue? And I tell you, from coast to coast in America, they wondered also, what's going to happen to Calcutta? And I knew that would be the question. And I thought, oh, God, not me. But you know, for seven years until we nationalized and put national pastors in place, which the government wanted us to do, I carried on one day, one day. And when we dedicated the church, this huge church in Calcutta that you saw, I sat on the platform and I thought, my, how faithful God is. Yeah. Because I, I was so, incapable of, women don't build churches, you know that. <laughs> but God wonderfully undertook, and he'll do that for you today too. Yeah. Shall yeah. we pray? Holder, would you pray? Yes. Yeah. Our loving Heavenly Father, we ask for each one that is here today. We don't know their problems or difficulties. Man looketh on the outward appearance but God sees our hearts. And they may have come here this morning discouraged, family problems, financial problems, and many problems that we face day by day. And they're wondering today <clears throat> as they go home, how can this be? How can I meet this problem? Dear God, this morning, would you plant faith within their hearts? Yes, yes. Dear Lord, and something that has been said today, we ask you that faith will be implanted in their hearts to believe when they leave this service today, they will be different from when they came in because you have met with them and you are going to supply their every needs. Because you've said, if we delight in you, you will give us the desires of our hearts. And sometimes it takes time and we have to have faith to believe when everything is against us. The door is closed and we want it open. 
But God, give them faith today and bless this church for their missionary vision, for all they have done that we might have a hospital today, that we might have schools today, that we'd be able to feed 25,000 poor people every day. God, bless them, reward them for their faithfulness. For we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Yes.